Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Blizzard Day, no pun intended. Luke Stuckmeyer, Cody Del Mendo, and Jared Willis. Uh, as of course, if you've been watching on Twitter or social media, you know that our big guest later in the episode, uh, Ian Happ, is going to be joining us, the Cubs all-star left fielder and Gold Glove Award winner. Uh, so we are super pumped about that. He'll be joining us just a few minutes. And the Cubs also Luke, guys have some news early on, right? It sounds like they may have another catcher. Uh, Sahadev Sharma uh, tweeting out that they are closing in on Tucker Barnhart. So it continues to move along, and uh, Cubs may have a catcher. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, you know, we can we can act like this is the Tucker Barnhart emergency pod if you want for a little bit. <laughs> for, for a little bit. But, I mean, it does show you that the Cubs, um, again, the, 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 the catcher market has played out a little bit. But it shows that their focus is on improving this team defensively, right? Like locking down the pitching staff, the pitch framing, uh, center field, shortstop, second base. Right now, one of their big focuses is defensively make this team better than it was last season. Yeah. No, I, you know, I think last year you had a bit of a down year. Uh, and that's why a lot of people don't exactly at least understand it, at least based off my Twitter mentions and just what I've seen on my Twitter timeline, but he has won two gold gloves in his career. So he's, he's, he has a history of being a good defensive catcher. Um, and I think at the end of the day, I do think the Cubs based off what we've seen uh, from the pitching side and just, you know, the, the types of guys they are bringing in this off season. Uh, it seems like they probably see something that they think the rest of us don't see that they think they can bring out of him uh, or at least, you know, get him back to what he was doing that made him successful. Um, and again, like, it's not like he's going to be the full-time guy. He's going to be split in time with Jan Gomes. So like to my first reaction, whenever they signed him or when it, you know, this, this, this rumor or whatever came out, of course, Ken Rosenthal and a few other guys have also tweeted like numbers related to contract and everything. So let's just assume that it's, it's happening. Right. Um, my, my reaction to it is, okay, this is like you, you had to get another catcher now, now go get some offense because this team needs some offense still. So I'm pretty indifferent about the entire thing. Uh, I don't, I don't hate the move and I, and I, and I don't, I'm not like thrilled about it either. So you got to get some bats in there to go with them. And who knows, maybe he can, he can surprise us like Jan Gomes kind of did. I know if you look at his, at Jan Gomes' offensive stats, you, they don't stick out at you, but I, you know, I think we've said multiple times last year that Jan Gomes was like, there were moments where you're like, wow, didn't didn't expect this from Jan Gomes. And like obviously the defense was a big thing that really showed out to us. Um, but even offensively, he he had his moments. So if you can get anything close to that out of Tucker Barnhart to go with a, a, an older Jan Gomes splitting time, like I think you feel good about that position. But again, got to get some offense, and then, then I can really give you a full-on thought about the signing. Well, it's worth keeping in mind too that you know PJ Higgins is still a part of this mix, and so the amount of playing time that Barnhart's probably going to get isn't going to be tremendous. And so I think, yeah, they're bringing in this guy who some veteran experience, handle a, a pitching staff well, especially some of these guys that are still kind of young, like Thompson and Steele, help further their development. Um, yeah, it's it's not a deal that I think is worth getting too fired up about either way. Um, right. Obviously going from Wilson Contreras to um, Jan Gomes, Tucker Barnhart, that's, you know, that's not what you want, but, um, but it's not a bad move by any stretch. No, Cody, you said gold glove. I mean, you're talking about then being able to go straight up the middle with gold gloves, right? You'd have a guy that had one at catcher, a guy in center field, a guy at short, a guy that almost won at second. And, you know, what we talked about a little bit a couple podcasts ago, um, just because the name doesn't um, splash superstar or all-star to you on some of the guys that are still going to be added to this roster. Remember, David Ross wasn't a big name back in the day either, but those are the types of pieces that you have to add to every roster going into a season, and they can make you very successful. It just depends on how it plays out, but 
just because a guy's not a big name doesn't mean he can't have a big role or an impactful mm-hmm. role on a team throughout uh, 162 games for sure because it's a long season. And Jan Gomes is not a young guy. So right. Jared mentions P.J. Higgins. Well, okay, now you don't have to play Jan behind the plate every game. Now you can kind of mm-hmm. do it by committee, kind of mix it in a little bit. And um, and I it, think that's the way they're going. And, of course, Miguel Amaya, we're waiting to see – how he'll recover from his injury, but he spent time at double A and we know that they believe they have some young guys in the farm system that eventually will take that role, whether that's this season, mm-hmm. we don't know, but you know, Miguel Amaya's injury will have potentially a lot to do with that. Did you see that uh, Kyle Hendricks was mentioned uh, by Jed Hoyer on the score? You know, Jed was on the score talking about yep. Kyle's in Arizona and throwing and feeling good. Um, I guess what else is he going to say? But you look at the look at <laughs> when the we had Hanavi on. He said he wasn't throwing. Well, he is. He is now. And and think yeah. of the flip side where you're the Bulls and you've got uh, Lonzo Ball and you're trying to find out if the guy's going to be healthy, right? And they mm-hmm. keep saying, "No, he's not doing it. Not doing anything. Now he's not even dribbling basketballs. Now he can't do this." You're at least finding out that Kyle's recovered. They've got him working on it, and he's feeling good. It's a great first step. You know, it's a huge question mark going into the season, but um, it's good news. It's certainly good news to hear that he's there. Yeah, and it's yeah. Really encouraging. Ahead, this, this far removed from spring training, we're still about two full months from the time when he would be even reporting uh, for spring training. So the fact that he's throwing now and if he is feeling good, on December 22nd, I think that's a really good sign because you want to think about potential X factors for next year. We saw the difference that it made for the Cubs in the second half of the season when their pitching started to improve. They A big part of their success in those last two months was they were getting the pitching, I think, to some extent that they expected to have or thought they might have earlier in the season, and it just didn't work out for a, a variety of reasons. But if you get Hendricks back, and, and you don't want to – get your hopes up on, you know, the Hendricks of old. Cause I don't, there's just too much that's gone on the last couple of seasons to expect that. But if he is a solid, steady starting pitcher for you, um, that's a, that's a big upgrade too. So one of those things that I feel like we've kind of stopped talking about it because he was out for so much of last year and we just sort of, you know, almost like back burnered him and it's worth remembering like, Hey, this, this could be a huge, natural addition next year yeah yeah no i um, i think the the hendrix stuff uh to me whenever i heard hoyer say that on the radio was it was encouraging because like i said um when we had tommy hadavi on the show he openly said that hendrix hadn't started throwing yet and that was about a month ago i want to say so you know he seems some improvement um, but yeah, Jared, you're right. Like he could be a major X factor. I, I won't talk myself into thinking that he can get back to 2020 form or even, you know, those 16 starts. He was good in 2021. But if you can get numbers, number five starter length out of him or, or performance out of him, I think that's really solid. And I mean, that's just how far he's come down in, in my opinion, because the past year, this last year is first time he's really hurt. And then he got really inconsistent in 2021. So um, you know, given given it, it will be a walk year for him. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe he can get back to you know some of that. But you know, I will say with him coming back with the the defense up the middle, like on the infield and everything, it definitely does help him. Um, so you know, yeah, I'm you know, there's podcasts that we did in season in October where you know I I was pretty down on Kyle Hendricks and. Uh, I would say I'm still. I would say I'm at. I'm, I'm optimistically. I'm. Ca- I'm optimistically cautious about it. One, because the Cubs have, have have so much starting pitching depth now that to me it really doesn't matter. Um, but also, like, he's just a guy I want to root for. He's a guy that I want to see go out there and do well. He's just, you know, just hadn't shown a lot the last couple of years. So you, to me, it's you know, you can't bank on a lot. So that's why, to me, like, they still need another arm. And, you know, Drew Smiley looks like that could be that guy whenever that becomes official. But even if they do that, I still think they need another arm. So, uh, Hey, Cody, not to yeah. cut you off, we're excited because our guy is here. Mm-hmm. Is man, he here? Him, the man of the moment is here. Uh, he is a 
left fielder for the Chicago Cubs. You know him as Ian Happ. He's also all-star Gold Glove Award winner. Ian, can you hear us okay? What's up, fellas? Dude, thanks for coming on. This What's is going really on, cool. man? We're very excited to have you on. Um, first of all, congratulations on the Gold Glove. That was really a neat moment to see you get that and be surprised by it. I was listening to your um, Compound podcast, and you were talking about how it is an actual glove. And I had no idea that the glove wasn't – I just assumed it was like any old statue, right, like a, a trophy, like a regular bronze trophy. You're telling me it's actually a glove you could put on your hand? Oh, yeah. You can go play baseball with that thing. I don't know if you guys saw the Savannah Bananas, I think. I've heard uh, of them. Somebody, somebody played with it or pitched with it or – Really? Oh, yeah. It's a real glove. And it's cool because the um, – the trophy, like the trophy itself, like the base is super heavy and you have, you know, they have like a little caricature of you and your name and all this stuff and the two balls. And then the, there's a place where the glove sits and the glove, you can just pull it right off. And I just yeah. actually got it. I just got it to my house. So it was just delivered not too long ago, uh, which was really cool. But um, yeah, the, uh, the actual glove is a real Rawlings baseball glove. And it's your exact model. One of the cool things is like, it's your exact model. If you're a Rawlings guy, which I am, it's your exact model you use for that year. And they completely mm -hmm. and perfectly replicate it in gold. That is awesome. What, what does that award mean to you? Like I, I know every year, every player's trying to get better at different things, but to be able to say gold glove award winner um, and, and have that for the rest of your career and obviously be a goal moving forward. What did it mean for you the first time around? It's a really, really special award. It's something that you dream of as a kid. I think it's like one of those awards um, that all of your, not all of your, but like a lot of the idols that you have growing up. Like I was a huge Omar Vizcal fan. So like that was as a shortstop switch hitter growing up as a kid, like Omar Vizcal had won all these gold gloves. He was the gold standard at shortstop. Um, and so you always dream of that and you dream of being a well-rounded player and not just hitting, but being really good defensively and what that means. And, um, to be able to go play one position for a full year, the first time in my career being able to do that, and then to follow it up with an accolade or, or something that is kind of, um, just, a, an appreciation of, of the work that you put in and kind of, um, get you on that, on that level where you are, you know, your that GG is attached to your your baseball reference page and, and you're a gold glover and you get to wear the patch and and you can flip the script pretty quick on um on what the uh what the defensive outlook is by having that next to your name and i think that um it, it's quite the honor to be able to feel like that was always something i was capable of and to put the work in and and have that kind of on the other side do you think that do you think that just being able to play left field every day of like you did last season and even in the second half of 2021 lead, like, do you think that really played a big part in it? Cause like before, you know, they would play you in center, they'd play, you'd play a little corner outfield. Hell, I remember you playing some second base in the earlier years of your career, right? Played a so, lot of second like, base. Yeah. Played a lot of right. second, played a lot of third when KB went down for some mm -hmm. time in 18. Um, you know, I played first when, when Riz needed a blow or that when he had that ankle, um, when he came back and hit that ridiculous homer at the end of the season. Um, yeah. I did a lot of that. You know, I did a lot of where we had a spot I would play. Um, and a lot of my first couple of years, a lot of starting at second uh, and bouncing to the outfield late in the game or starting in the outfield. And, you know, there used to be pitchers hitting in the NL. We used to double switch a ton. Um, we used mm -hmm. to bounce around a lot. And so the flexibility that it gave Joe to be able to start a game in left come in and play second, you know, lefty on the mound. I'm starting in left field, Schwarber's on the bench. Uh, righty comes in, I move to second, Schwarber goes into left. All of those things that were moving parts, to be able to do that and to play a lot of different positions, is vers it's versatility and it's helpful to the team, but it's not always the best way to be a great defender. And you're, right. you're trying to um, hold your own at all those positions and work on all of them, but it's hard to get the nuance, it's hard to get the consistency, and it's really a challenge um, when you're playing five positions and you're compared to guys that are playing there every single day. And I said that for a long time, um, you know, even in center field, like I had been, I'd played center field a little bit um, 
coming up just a hair at the end of my AAA career and then had done it in the big leagues a little bit. But you're being compared to guys who have played center field for their entire lives. I was a shortstop my entire life. And then I came up and tried to learn how to play second um, in the minor league level to be able to do it in the big leagues. And so, you know, not even playing second base every day, but you're being compared to an Altuve who's done it for the last 15 years. Like being able to go and play left field for 18 months and run out there every single day, understand the nuances of what that means to play left field in the big leagues, how balls come off the bat from left-handed hitters, how balls come off the bat from right-handed hitters, um, how the the wall at Wrigley plays, how, how that corner plays, how having a 355 um, down the line impacts things, how close that foul line is to the wall, the wind, the sun, the lights, like how all of those things come together to be able to really establish like, okay, I'm going to go do this for, you know, a hundred and I played 158 games out there, but a hundred and, you know, 90 or 200 over the course of the last 18 months. And to really get a feel for that and feel like you are understanding every nuance of that position and how you can best do it. I think that's a really um, powerful switch. I'm like, how does my athleticism play best in this one spot as opposed to like, let me train and be athletic to be able to do all the different things. Ian, one of the uh, the things that we, we saw this week was that Dansby Swanson was annou- officially announced, and we saw it looks like you got to chat with him a little bit the other day. I'm um, just thinking defensively about the impacts that – what impact do you see him having and also keeping in mind the fact that the shift is going away next year? I mean, how huge is that uh, for you guys defensively? Uh, I mean, I, I think it's massive um... – I think it's going to be different. It's going to be so different because now you have to rely on, um, you have to rely on both sides of the infield to be super, super solid. That second baseman is going to be asked to cover a lot more ground than he was previously. Um, I remember a game uh, in the Joe era. We were in New York, and I don't know if you guys remember, Javi was playing third, and Tommy Lastella was playing second but they would switch every left-handed right-handed batter and the box score was like 50 pages long because every other hitter they were switching back and forth you can't do that anymore you know you can't um and you can't ask your shortstop to go play deep right or play where the ball is most likely to be hit so to have really solid defense up the middle i think is going to be pretty impactful um for teams that can do it and we're pretty lucky to have two guys up the middle that are you know elite shortstop defenders to be able to go play that. I think um, you're going to give them a chance to be really consistent together. You're going to give Nico a chance to really learn second base as opposed to um, his first you know, year and a half where he was, he was asked to go play it, but he had always been a shortstop his entire life. So he's going to really dive into that position. He, um, his range, uh, his ability to turn the double play, like all of those things, um, are going to be super impactful at second. And Dansby gives him a chance to do that. And I think um, you haven't even seen the full potential of the shortstop position since the, the shift became prevalent because you were asking the second baseman to go cover some of that hole on pool righties. You know, you're letting the shortstop go play on the other side of the back on lefties. I think you're going to see um, that full ability and athleticism for shortstop. So even the guys that were good defensive shortstops because they made all the plays but had a little bit less range, those guys are now going to be forced to show off the range to go get it. And the guys that do have that plus-plus range become even more valuable. I, watching the press conference with Dansby yesterday, I thought he was, first of all, super impressive. The, the story about his grandfather was touching. I think many people could relate to it, even going back to 2016 when – Cubs fans were going to cemeteries to put flags and televisions, you know, like at grave sites. Um, but I think one of the most impressive things about him is the way he talks about winning, you know, and whatever it takes. And I know you're one of those guys, and I know that Nico is also one of those guys because I saw a quote from Nico saying when they told him that they may get a shortstop, he said, make it happen. They told me be moving to second base. Um, what has impressed you most about Nico Horner um, over the last year or so and just the way you've seen him develop as a player? Uh, 
a lot of things. Um, Nico's obviously a great friend. Uh, we spent a lot of time together. We've become very, very close, um, kind of from, from 2020. And the thing that's most impressive about Nico is how badly he wants to win and how committed he is to winning at any cost. I think that that's like, it's easy to get selfish in this game and it's easy to get selfish uh, with money on the line and um, a lot of things, you know, there's a lot of pride that goes into being a, a baseball player at this level and, and a lot of, um, a lot of real like human stuff where you want to be the best and you need that to get to this level. Like you need some of that. Um, to really be the best and to pull it out of yourself. And Nico has an incredible ability to be insanely competitive, but also see the bigger picture and understand what it takes to win. Um, he's super, super dedicated to his craft, um, puts in a, a insane amount of work, uh, has a deep understanding of the game of baseball, of the swing, as a student of the game, loves to talk it, loves to learn it. Um, he's not afraid to ask questions, and that's a pretty impactful thing, especially at a young age, and not always what you see, or, or not not always the standard. And I think that his, um, you know, his his desire to really be the best and and to to look at it from a number of different lenses and to be able to filter out what he needs and what he doesn't need, like that. That's super, super impressive. Um, he cares a lot, cares a lot about winning. And, and like you said, he sent me a text at one point uh, early in the offseason, uh, something to that effect of like, let's go get all of the good players because I really, really want to win. And that's, that's who he is. That's who he is. And he's, uh, he's a special, special individual. And I think he has a chance to win, be a perennial gold glover at second base. He has a chance to be a perennial silver slugger at second base. Um, and, you know, kind of with where that position, it's going to be interesting to see how that position changes, how, what second base morphs into, because there was a time when second base was a bopper and defense was less important. Now you've seen, like, in the last five years, you know, the silver sluggers at second base, you have, like, the Altuves, and, but you, you're not seeing guys at second base hitting 35 or 40 home runs. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know that in the game right now we have a ton of offense at the second base position. And so I think he I think he really has a chance to go and do a lot of that and be somebody who kind of one of the top second basemen in baseball. Uh, you, you mentioned Horner and now you guys became close in 2020. I remember when he was on the count, the, the compound when you, guys, uh, when you guys first started it. Um, Speaking of the, the compound, how excited are you to be able to do a live recording at Cubs convention next month? Yeah, it's going to be really cool. It's going to be really cool. We're still trying to figure out details and logistics. going to be a little bit of work for me. Um, yeah. And doing a live show for the first time. Obviously, Zach and Dakota, the kind of zooming in and doing all that is going to be a challenge. So we're it's probably just going to be me. And, um, and we're going to bring guys on stage. And we're going to talk talk to some of the new players get to know them um you know, we're still trying to figure out the format and exactly who comes on but it's exciting i think like the fan support has been so cool it's been so awesome to have people bought in and listening and people get upset when the episodes don't come out on time and we just had a little snafu with apple so people didn't get their episode for a couple weeks and uh it's cool to see that um that people care so much about it and they followed along and um it's a great way for me zach and dakota to catch up once a week and it, it's amazing when I mean, we were we're going to take next week off with the holiday, of course, but we'll, we had 50 episodes out this year and we took Thanksgiving off and Christmas off and we put out an episode every week besides that. So um, the consistency and being able to do it, it's been really fun. That's cool. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Jerry. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about, you know, you've been talking about some of these, these younger players, but going into next season, you've kind of become one of the longest tenured guys on the roster. You've been there um, other than I think Kyle is the only other, the only other guy uh, with as many years on the team as you have. So kind of a two-parter one, how have you seen your role with the team evolve as far as being a leader? And, and two, you know, have the Cubs talked to you about, you know, what things look like after this year? Yeah. I mean, it is, it's crazy. It sneaks up on you. The, um, and I think the role kind of evolves as you uh, 
you know, as you as you are there longer, as you have more experiences in the game, um, and and those things, those things transition, and to be able to have a real understanding of the Cubs organization, to know um, the staff and the people, and the people behind the people, the people that nobody knows about that have helped build this thing. Um, it's been really fun to be kind of ingrained in whether it's outfield positioning or the way we're gonna kind of attack the hitting side or um, some of those like bigger picture thoughts like the, the, that's been really exciting for me to be a part of. And, um, you know, I, I love the organization. I love the city and the fan base. And um, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy to think back. And we were talking about this on the podcast last week, I think, but all of the names and all of the people that I've got a chance to play with the lackeys and the Lester's and Arietta and Riz and Bryant and Rizzo and, like um, all those great, great players that have come through the organization, Tayward and John Jay, and like it's just it's nuts that it's been six years and I've played with all those guys and I'm still here and a part of it. Um, and been able to wear the uniform for so long. It's it's an honor, and um, I think that that is kind of I don't know being being able to be somebody who's played with all of those guys and has a real feel for like when this team is good and when we're winning and when the city is 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 super bought into Cubs baseball like how special it can be and to try to um, impart that into the young guys as they come up and like what it means to be a Chicago Cub what the standard is um, you know some of the stuff when I came up with, when. Joe was there and when Hyder was um, our first base coach and like how important base running was and that we wanted to dominate the league and going first to third and like all of those things that are controllable, like being able to impart that as guys come up and like, it's not just about being a bopper. It's not just about hitting home runs when the wind's blowing out. Like there's a lot of different ways you have to win at Wrigley field. And like, what are the kind of core competencies or things that we really believe in as an organization and and to be able to impart that from a player side uh, I think is super important like I'm really excited that Dansby's going to be able to be there to talk winning and talk championships and, and what it takes to be a part of it and I'm really excited for our discussions on that I know um, you know we're going to be able to talk quite a bit heading into camp and then once we get there and kind of you know that's that's the job of the the veteran older players is to really lead by what we expect to um just to what winning looks like or to what we kind of uh want to subscribe to as a group and then we'll be able to help implement that which i think is a really fun part of you know getting to this point in your career yeah with like jay hay leaving i mean obviously he was a voice that people would also listen to in the clubhouse right and you, you mentioned dance b is it do the best teams have multiple guys that will have that voice instead of it just coming from one person or two like is, is it do you think it's good for a team to have multiple people covering from different places but still having the same message to a to team or to prospects that are coming up you know the guys are coming from the minors yeah it's what you need it's what you need because you can't just have one guy streaming at the clouds um you know you need you need a, a group effort and you need guys that are all bought into the same thing i think barnhart coming in obviously jan like those two guys have a ton of experience they've been around different teams and different ways of winning like i think that's important too when you get to bring guys in that have been part of like multiple groups and they've seen different things and they know what they like they know what things work and what doesn't and so you know, I relied on Jan a lot last year, um, talked to him a ton about baseball, picked his brain a ton about the championship teams he's been on, the great teams in Cleveland, the great teams in Washington, his time um, brief, but his time in Oakland on a playoff team. Like you get all of those different perspectives. Um, and I think Tuck's going to be a good example of that. I've loved playing against him and like what he brings. Uh, I've heard nothing but great things from the guys that were in Detroit with him, the guys who were in Cincy with him. Um, obviously Tyon has been a part of, of winning, um, in New York and he has a fresh perspective. Um, you know, Stroman's seen it. You kind of pick from all those guys, um, and you get a chance to really, um, put together a clear message. And I think it gets a lot easier when you have three, four five guys who have seen it from different perspectives. You all get a chance to sit down, talk in spring, decide what you want it to look like, decide how, um, you want things to go. And then when you break for the season uh, and everybody's on the same page that's when you have a really special group 
So, so everyone knows you're like the Cubs like player rep, right? Um, we saw Sam Fold get an extension as a GM with the Phillies recently. Um, we talked about it on the podcast a couple of days ago, and, and we were asking ourselves like, uh, what former Cub? What's the next former Cub that could be, or a, the next Cub or former Cub that could be in like a GM role? And and, and your name was brought up. Is is that something that you'd be interested in doing after you're done playing? When you retire at forty five. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, Tom Brady style. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think there's a lot of things that I like about, um, there's a lot of things that I like about the business side of baseball and about being around it. Um, I, I don't know. I think it's something that really interests me, you know, being a part of a group moving forward you know, when I'm done playing, whatever that looks like, if it's coming back and, and doing some, some advising or, or being around it, or I don't know, maybe it would be something uh, long-term that would be an interest. Um, I think it's fascinating the way that different um, presidents or GMs put together rosters and roster construction is a fascinating thing. And um, being around the Cubs organization for, for this long and seeing kind of the internal workings and how, um, how analytics are valued, where they're valued, what's the, you know, what's the value based on that. And then, um, personnel, like that's all really interesting stuff. I think, um, you know, I like playing the game right now, but, uh, <laughs> there's, there's definitely some, some fun stuff post-career. I also, I also like doing this. I like podcasting, I like being a part of, of, of that side of it too. Um, yeah, I think they'll, I think there'll be options after hopefully. I mean, did you uh, just uh, watching the off season? What were you sitting back, looking at that, thinking and watching? You know, I mean, the Mets just spent eight hundred million dollars on an off season with another hundred plus million in luxury taxes. Uh, did this off season surprise even the players or or you? Just the way it all unfolded. I mean, it was. I don't know if I've ever seen one like this. Yeah, I think I think there's a number of things. I think the first thing that I'd like to point out is these numbers. They get like the Mets just spent one point six billion dollars. OK, they spent one point six billion dollars yeah. over the course of like 14 years. Yeah. If we put it all together. Yeah, it's like here's a crazy number. We can like we can manipulate the biggest number we can possibly find. They're running a high payroll and they're going to run the highest payroll we've ever seen. That's for sure. But a lot of these teams are spreading costs out over 10 or 14 years. So those some of those numbers are legitimately inflated. But I, uh, I think we have one of the best free agent classes we've seen in a long time. We had four all-star gold glove, like superstar shortstops. We had some unbelievable pitching. And then the guys that aren't getting as much publicity or talk like there's legitimate really really good everyday big league talent that isn't even being talked about because of the top end of the market was so strong top end of the market's getting paid that's how it always is um and just because we had so many of those guys in the same market it looks massive and it, it's been a good off season i will say um it's interesting to see how things are structured. You know, two years ago, we're getting short-term high AV structures. Now we're getting super long-term, bringing AVs down. Mm -hmm. That's that's an interesting thing that's happened this year. I think you also see, um, like, coming out of a CBA, now five years of cost certainty. We have had lower spending since 2017, and especially 2020 and 2021. Budgets were definitely pulled back because we didn't know how we would come out of that 2020 season. And so now you're seeing there's some money out there. There's cost certainty and what the CBA will look like. And everything has been the perfect storm to have this offseason. Um, but there's still we still have to see how the rest of the market plays out and then you know what it looks like in 23 and 24. But um, it's certain it's certainly been a very good offseason for four shortstops. <laughs> Yes, it has. We have a couple. Cool when you have Aaron Judge, I mean, we're not even talking about yeah. the fact that Aaron Judge is the best player to ever play baseball. He had sixty-two pumps this year. Of course, he was going to get paid. Like you add that <laughs> onto what is like four unbelievable All-Star shortstops. It's like, yeah, man. Like we have this class is ridiculous. 
Uh, a couple quick questions. I know you have to run, and we appreciate all your time. This has been amazing. Um, Mike Dubs in the uh, YouTube chat wants to know, Ian, will you ever go pants up during the season for a look? I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a pants up guy. I'm just not a pants up guy. I mean, you know what I did this year? I don't. I don't love the look of the uh, home uni, the blue pinstripes up. Um, and I don't like my legs from the knee down, so I'm not really a pants up guy. But I did go on the Wrigleyville uni, which is a new one for me. I did go tight pants. Oh. And so, so from the knee down, I went pretty tight, uh, and I liked that look on those pajama uniforms more than uh more than pants up i, I love so that if, uniform. if i do change it's tight pants okay <laughs> so he'd go he'd go uh skinny jeans skinny uni if you want yep, to call it that's exactly um right. we're also asking on the youtube uh, how are you going to blizzard do you blizzard with a binge eating b binge tv c booze or hot beverages connect roasters shout out or four dairy queen blizzard yeah i uh i'm here in chicago so i am seeing the cold and it's, uh, and it's bad uh i uh i binge by doing podcasts with you guys but the uh i i go i go i go beverages i go beverages into coffee right now i'm sure there'll be an adult beverage or two later that's that's my go-to what's the uh what's the connect roast you've got right now uh this is just guatemala in Guatemala today. This is a cool mug. And then that you is, got the, that you is got a cool mug. I like that it's one. Very nice. Yeah. I like it. Uh, got another comment in the chat, and the chat's cracking me up right now. Um, but my friend Greg Braggs, uh, he wants me to ask uh, if if right field indeed sucks. <laughs> I won't say that. I will not say that. <laughs> I hang out in left field a lot. So I am way in on the left field bleachers. My guy, Bleacher Jeff, and the rest of the crew over there, those are my people. But I will not go as far as to say that right field sucks. <laughs> so you're never, you're never joining in on the chat, like on the chant, no? No, no. No. Not unless there's a brawl going on. I do love, like, I love that the, <laughs> the bleachers police themselves and, like, no fighting in yeah. the bleachers, no wave. I love right. turning around and seeing the wave start and just the anger on Bleacher Jeff's face. Like I just love, <laughs> love to see it. Um, yeah. And the fact that they police themselves, the fact that it's an environment where you come to have fun, you come to enjoy a summer day at Wrigley and have a few drinks and cheer on the boys and not distract from the game, but really enjoy um, what it is. Like I think it's the purest thing in baseball, and I absolutely love it. I have to jump, but thank you for having yeah. me. This was great, um, and we'll talk soon. Thank you so much, Ian. We appreciate Thanks, it. We'd love to have you uh, come in studio if you're uh, in town in 2023. We we love this. We appreciate it, and thanks for your time. Sounds good, fellas. Have a great holiday. Thank you. you thanks. Too. Ian Happ, uh, can't thank him enough. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at IHAP underscore one. Uh, you can also follow him uh, at Connect Roasters, or uh, you can check out the website. He's a big fan of uh, connectroasters.com. Uh, and also, Jared had an, a great article at allchgo.com with Ian recently talking about the connection with uh, Connect Roasters, how he got involved with a small coffee company that wasn't really going anywhere. And all of a sudden, it's developed into this huge company that everybody in Chicago mm -hmm. knows and mm -hmm. is probably a pretty popular holiday gift item uh, as we get closer and closer <laughs> to the holidays. But that was, I mean, yeah. he just spent. 30 minutes with us guys that was, yeah. Yeah, that was that's, that's cool. a lot of time that's a lot of time for anybody as you get ready for the holidays or a couple days away in a blizzard is at our doorstep yeah. you know i would like to point out you know whoever started cody del softo in the chat we did ask him about an extension we if did. like jared jared asked and yeah. He just kind of circled around it, like yeah, which, which is what we basically he's a professional. Expected. That's why you might fair. get a DM yeah, that's, someday. That's yeah. his, uh, you know, his prerogative to do that. But yeah, the question's got to be asked because it's, you know, I think it speaks to we saw it in the comments how beloved he is by the fan base and how much um, the Cubs fans want to see him stick around. And I think I think he knows that's where the question comes from. Um, but yeah, that's 
you know, who knows? There's a lot of reasons why sometimes guys just like to, to keep that, keep that to themselves. So, you know, that's, that's uh, his prerogative, but yeah, um, it was cool to see the, uh, the connect mug. Yeah. Um, cause they've really yeah. like in a short amount of time, they've kind of become the coffee of, of the Cubs and, and maybe eventually Chicago. So we'll see. And I wanted to get in a question about, we've got some certified coffee guys coming in yeah. joining the team now. Cause Jamison Tyon, I know is a big coffee guy. I know Tucker Barnhart is, um, I think Tucker was actually a, uh, a, a connect supporter in the early days. So, um, maybe next time we'll, we'll get into that, but yeah, some coffee guys coming around. Yeah. And I wonder what kind of coffee guys actually drink at the ballpark, right? Like, are you just, are you just, are you going I'm, decaf? Are you going decaf before the game? Are you taking the caffeine to get you going? I am. I've I seen no. I, yeah, I, I've for what it's worth, I've seen in the locker room a lot of them. You know, especially day games when they're getting there at nine thirty or so in the morning, it's still morning coffee time, and uh, you know they'll they'll have their mugs at their locker. I know Jan Gomes is one in particular. I've seen drinking his coffee quite a bit. So um, yeah, and their connect is the coffee of the Wrigley Clubhouse. And by the way, guys, you know what goes great with uh, Connect Roasters Coffee would be uh, Green Ridge Farm, a local meat and cheese company, offering you a better all-natural option. Makers of all-natural deli meat sausages and their famous meat sticks, perfect for tailgating, happy hours, school lunches. All-natural meat sticks that are hardwood smoked for eight hours, 16 grams of protein per stick. They make a perfect post-workout snack. Meat sticks come in chicken, black forest beef, jalapeno cheddar, spicy chili, uh, delicious because they are made from recipes generations in the making and being all natural. They deliver a fresh, flavorful alternative at snack time. They are at the refrigerated section of Costco, Sam's Club, all your Chicagoland grocery stores. And right now, when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com, include a pack of meat sticks free by using the code CHGO at checkout. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat. And nothing more important as we head into this uh, blizzard in the Chicago area, and a lot of, a lot of the U.S. is getting it, um, yeah, we're pretty thankful we have power, right? For those of us that still have power and have electricity and heat, that's the key. And the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve save money and energy as well. ComEd offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities whether it's lighting, HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes, the authorized engineer will work with you to help develop detailed assessment plans specific to your goals, your needs, and they can be done in person or virtually and last about two hours. Within three to four weeks, then customers get a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. Don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy-saving tips and to schedule your free facility assessment. Go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. That's comed.com slash poweringbiz. Or if you're ready to sign up for a facility assessment, call them at 1-855-433-2700 during normal business hours. To speak with a ComEd Energy Efficiency Program representative, email businessee at comed.com or request an assessment online on our website, comed.com slash facility assessment. Again, uh, this is uh, a happy blizzard day, pun intended, as we had Ian Happ, our, our guest, who was super uh, generous with his time. And, you know, I think what's really cool is our first player to come on this podcast was – not only the longest tenured position player on the team, like Jared mentioned, he's also an all-star and a gold glove winner and just a guy who really seems to not only connect with his teammates, but you. I, I saw him wishing happy birthday to Bleacher Jeff on Twitter the other day. Like, And, you know, he was talking about on his most recent podcast about Danny, the clubhouse guy. Okay. And then he went to Danny's wedding recently. Guys, I remember Danny when he was a teenager. So like to, to think of the guys that have gone through that clubhouse, I think it's really cool that he recognizes that there's something special and different, whether it's in the clubhouse or on the field or in the bleachers or 
the fans that are connect roasters that like he's able to while he's going through a hectic super busy career that's got to have all kinds of pressure that he's able to appreciate all of those things right how hard isn't that in life to just appreciate something while you're going through something that's not easy yeah and to you know to know a a specific fan by name you know to be able to look up in the stands and know i know who that guy is and Um, when his birthday is jared he knows when the guy's birthday is that's that's uh that's that's pretty rare that's a pretty special thing so um yeah there's clearly a the relationship from between him and the, the fan base is beyond i think even a lot of the other players so uh i'm hoping yeah. uh i'm hoping he liked us enough that he would come back that's that's my takeaway <laughs> I, I just hope he liked us enough that he comes back that's why we didn't press him about the the extension it's why we didn't you know ask a bunch of other dumb questions um I mean, I had. He seems like a genuine dude. Oh yeah, I had a we we had a list of dumb questions, but you know, we got the we got. I think yeah. we got the 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 good and important ones out there too. So, and I think I learned a little bit as well. Uh, I really like loved his uh, response related to you know being a GM one day. So, yeah, um, I think yeah. He, I think he'd be a great one, but I could also see him working just like Theo for Major League Baseball. You know, I. Mm-hmm. You run across guys in in sports, whether you're a fan or you're in the media or you're in the clubhouse, and you say that guy would be good at this, right? Like, I think everybody could see that David Ross or Joe Girardi or a lot of catchers, you can see the link to where you say that guy would make a good manager. I also think Ian Happ would be a good manager, right? Yeah. Mark DeRosa is another guy that I think would make a really good manager that's come through Uh, Cubs baseball and then you think front office guys like we talked about recently Cody and I say okay Ian Happ would be great at it Kyle Hendricks if he really wanted to do it is quiet but I think he'd be great because he's very smart and he knows the game and he'd be coming at it from a different perspective than most because most players that go on to become front office or managers very rarely are they pitchers for whatever yeah. reason, pitch like the Greg Maddox is the world don't want to get back into it and spend any more time. But I think Kyle would offer something, whether it's as a pitching coach or front office uh, or a manager, I think he'd be great at it. And I, I've said before, I don't know how somebody has I, I can't believe that nobody's convinced Doug Glanville to be a GM yet. I, I know he's it's, thought about it, but I can't believe he's not a GM yet. When I think you know, kind of going back to in Ian's case, you know, there's something to be said for a guy who has, has had experience playing multiple positions because mm-hmm. your depth of understanding of the game grows so much because of the way that he's moved around in his career. I know that, you know, he, he seems to like being now a fixture in left field. I think we would all say that's a good thing. Keep it that way. But the experience that he's had, I mean, listening to him talk today, in some ways reminds me of, you know, when Ben Zobrist was still on the team and you'd ask him a question about something with related to defense. And there was like a depth of understanding that Zobrist had. And I remember I, I would ask him, you know, I, I'd ask him three questions and it'd be a 20 minute interview because he had so much to say. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of that, you know, with, with Ian today that we saw where, you know, he's a very thoughtful, thoughtful kind of guy, intelligent kind of guy. And you could see that translating post career in, in a lot of different ways. Um, but like he said too, I think he has interest in, you know, he likes the podcasting stuff. I know from talking with him about his, his work with connect, he likes kind of being a businessman and marketing. I know he, he loves that sort of thing. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting. Not that we want to rush to this point in his life, but it'll be interesting to see what Ian Happ does post, uh, post playing career. Um, speaking of like front office stuff, um, Sharma tweeted during that interview that the Cubs are returning Greg Brown as special assistant to the president and GM slash hitting. Um, I guess he's going to work closely with minor leaguers. And John Maley is returning to be the hitting coach at AAA Iowa. Um, Brown was the Cubs hitting coach last season, obviously, and may leave from 2015 to 2017. So uh, it's not the regular hitting 
position, so or hitting coach jobs. So I feel like those jobs are very secure jobs. You know what I mean? You know the joke we like to make. Yeah, right. It's it's, it's like <laughs> about how it's like one year like restructuring <laughs> yeah. the whole thing, right? Yeah. Um, it's cool that they're bringing back some, uh, you know, some guys who've been here. Um, and I think a lot of people were kind of surprised that Greg Brown wasn't going to be the hitting coach next year. And mainly, um, I don't think either guy deserved to be blamed for mm-hmm. what was going on necessarily. And this is kind of, I think, um, the front office acknowledging that. Like, you know, like they just wanted to make some changes, but it's not like they think those guys didn't know what they were doing. They were just right. looking for a different voice to try and connect sometimes. Yeah, so uh, we'll see how it works out. It's exciting. Cody, you got any uh, holiday bets? You know, you, you, mm. I I assumed when I when I put out the you know the Blizzard poll, the, the fifth option if I was going to put one on there was going to be uh, lots of bets on DraftKings, and I knew that Cody <laughs> would be pounding that. He'd, over and over, he'd be voting for that. Multiple uh, votes yeah. for that one. <laughs> Yeah, I got I got some bets. I think I'm gonna take the Jets tonight. I don't like it. Tonight's game kind of sucks. I kind of want to take the Jaguars after they had that big comeback win against the Cowboys, but I'm afraid of the letdown. But I don't know. I'm, I'm leaning Jets tonight. Um, you can make that bet on DraftKings. Oh, you you can bet on in the NBA as well. If you bet on the Bulls last night, you probably made a decent amount of money considering how bad they've been of late. Um, this time of the year, everyone's excited about the gifts, the holiday spirit, but what about all the basketball? When I throw down on the NBA action, it's got to be with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Plus, everyone can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings. Same game, parlays. You can do that with the NBA. I uh, know there, you got a you get you get a stepped up same game parlay for college basketball like every day. They always give out one for every NFL slate. Uh, they're giving you as many boosts as honestly as possible. It feels like, um, and they probably doing that in Maryland, which Maryland sports fans, uh, Maryland Cubs fans. If you're in the chat, listen up. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the app now and get. It. In on the holiday hoops action, especially with this blizzard going on outside. Well, you're not going to leave your house. You might as well sit on your couch and gamble from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. like I am today on college basketball or, or even the NBA on Christmas Day, especially from 11 to like 10 p.m. It's like the NBA's biggest day of the year. Just sign up with the code CHGO, place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details in the podcast description or the YouTube description, which all of you live right now, thank you for being here. We got a huge, huge lot, a lot of comments today. So, Yeah, and uh, pound the like button, please. Thank you very much. Uh, Shady Rays, they never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this winter. Because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. The best part, though, about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear, lost and broken replacements. If you lose those shades, break those shades on day one, they told us they'll just send you a brand-new pair, no questions asked. Drop them in a lake, off a cliff, run the snowblower over them, anything, they will replace them. And even with that strong of a protection program going, they still manage to make quality that I can tell you holding in my hand seems just as good as any expensive pair I've ever worn. Shady Rays customers seem to agree with over 200,000 five-star reviews. Shady Rays also, get a load of this, provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America. With every order placed, they've donated now more than 20 million meals to date. They stand behind their product and told our team that if anybody has a problem, they throw profit out the window and... They do what is right. Free returns and free exchanges. You either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay to ship them back. That's it. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays running their deepest deal of the season just in time for the holidays. Last-minute shoppers use the code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Buy one, get one free, or you can get two. So you can get two pairs for as low as 54 bucks right now. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all their newest and best shades 
I mean, the chat is lighting. Did I see we had a super chat there earlier? I believe we do. We do. Let's highlight that one. Merry Christmas, guys. Stay warm. No blizzard here in Knoxville. Just cold. Thanks for great content. Uh, Dustin Allen, 499. Dustin, thanks. Shout and, out uh, to you, Dustin. Happy Dustin, holidays to you and your family. With Dustin, how do you feel about a few guests down there in Knoxville? I'm, I'm looking to escape Chicago right now. <laughs> Got to <laughs> yeah, get out exactly. of this blizzard. Tennessee Just like Ryan nice. bailed on us. Ryan bailed right. on us for yeah, this Ryan. podcast. Man. Big Ian Half podcast. Ryan's Tennessee, off heading for warmer weather. Tennessee's a beautiful state. That's sure one is. state that sure if is. I if I before I got this job that me and my girlfriend talked about like if we were to leave, we would want to go there. So yeah, great spot. So we got what do we have time wise? We you know got like five minutes. What do you what do you guys want to talk about? You want to talk about adding the roster? You want to talk about holiday songs, like we did on the CHGO podcast, which I won by the way with my list of. <laughs> best oh. holiday songs well, I, won. I won i i felt like see i noticed the uh the list and i feel like i i need to point out the absence of cool yule by louis armstrong and i i feel like any list that doesn't have that on it needs to be revised um <laughs> and if you guys don't know that song or haven't heard it after we get done here fire up the spotify or whatever you use spin there you go spin a record all night, um, all night. Yeah, we know you still have records. Yeah. I like it, but but yeah, get some Louis Armstrong going. It'll it'll change your life. But my list had some great ones. Okay, oh, first yeah. of all, nobody else thought to take Jingle Bells. The Blackhawks guys did it and didn't even mention Jingle Bells. Who doesn't know Jingle Bells? It's not about knowing. It's about the best. Your favorite holiday. It's the best because it's the one of the ones you learn as a kid. Then I threw in the Hanukkah song from Adam Sandler. I threw in the theme song to Christmas Vacation, Silent Night. Who doesn't get emotional around Silent Night in the holiday season? Yeah. NSYNC has a really good holiday song. I think I'm that curious. actually made the list uh, for the Blackhawks guys. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't the NSYNC out, so. one did? Yeah. It's a, it's a good version. one. I'm, and then solid. I did Frosty the Snowman, or did I change it? No, I did White Christmas because yeah. I was pressured in yes. White Christmas. I'm what curious pressure. what, you, what you guys think. What What's your like least favorite Least oh, favorite. Oh, the one by Matt Mariah Carey. Yeah. My, yeah, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. Just cancel well, it. Cancel it. I can't take yeah. it. Every one time. Yeah. One time and then cancel it for the rest of the year. Every year. Do we I, I can take one shut time. But... <laughs> yeah, Do we get in trouble if I find the bad version and ha it happens to play on my phone in the background? <laughs> I don't know. No, we uh, probably shouldn't risk it. No. We shouldn't risk it. I'm just going to tell you to Google mariah carey christmas song disaster and it's like the music goes out in her earpiece and she awful. sings it like she has no oh. hearing whatsoever and she is all over the place it's like somebody shot a duck and it's falling out of the sky <laughs> trying to sing a song and i get it's, that look but why would we want to listen to that on a podcast because it is funny it, <laughs> it is, it's a, and to watch her try and continue going she's like checking her ear and you realize she's really not as good as she thinks she is. I noticed at the uh, the Macy's Thanksgiving parade when she came out and, and sang, it was very clear. I think that's what it was. I think yeah. it was the Macy's parade. But I know this year's. Oh, it was, again? It was fully a recording, though. She was not that's singing why. a word of that live. Yeah, that's yeah. why. You mm -hmm. could tell. Yeah. You could well, tell. That makes, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, hey, just uh, real quick, the, uh, the, the How Do You Blizzard poll we've been doing. Yeah, how's that going? Uh, 150 what what, votes would, what answer point. would you guys guys give? How do you blizzard? I'm a I'm a high flash adult beverage guy. Yeah, probably adult, adult beverages beverage. for me as well. Mm -hmm. I yeah. and I feel like my brand is just by selecting the Dairy Queen option. That's I'm, my brand. That, I'm with Cody. It's it's, it's, binge, it's binge eating, and if that includes a little ice cream, that's okay. Because first of yeah. all, the first when you say blizzard now. <laughs> America does not think of a snowstorm. They think of cookie dough mixed in with vanilla ice cream and swirled together. That's what a blizzard has become. And as the only uh, former certified meteorologist on this panel today for my one year in Upper Michigan, I do want to point out to the people that are going to start getting mad at guys like my friend Paul Deano and Paul Conrad at WGN. Like, I want you to understand something. When we get this storm and there's only like four or five inches of snow on the ground and you're going to get to a holiday party and all the old people are going to go, oh, yeah, weather guys had blizzard. And a blizzard, folks, 
is sustained winds of 35 miles an hour or gusts for over three hours and visibility of a quarter mile or less for more than four hours. Okay. So that, that's, you that's your window. You're talking about a long period of time where you have high winds, usually followed by the cold weather. But it's not about the amount of snow. It's just that there is snow, right? You can have a blizzard without actual falling snow, just blowing snow. I didn't. Yeah. I feel like I should be writing this down. I uh, yeah, I didn't I know, that, know but, that. But uh, Tom Skilling, yeah. take that. Uh, <laughs> how about uh, Steve's biggest fan here? A twenty dollars super chat for us. Thank you very much. Whoa, uh, thank Steve's you. That might be the biggest one we've ever gotten, honestly. Uh, Kelly and Ian back to back days. Theo on opening day. Stucky Claus. This is our Christmas wish. Uh, oh, I thought Stucky. Stucky that's Claus all you included in the in the, <laughs> you know the great guests that we've had. I okay. I'll say that my the next guest that I would love to get on the oh, yeah. show. If it, I mean, as much as I'd love to get Theo Epstein on the show, I thought you were um, gonna say Dansby. The, the well, yeah. I mean, Dansby obviously would love to get on the show, but I think the chat would really love to see Nico Horner on the show. Now, I, here, here's what I was thinking. Like, if we, if Nico were to come on, I actually, I'd like to get Ian on again. I'd love to see if we can get Ian coming in before Cubs convention if he's in town. Well, like, yeah, I'd like you to know, play ping pong. I'd like I, to have a ping pong tournament with Ian Happ. You guys missed a very good opportunity. He said he was he had questions about how he's going to run his live podcast. You should have said, "Hey, if you need help, right, come into the CSU office and see how we do it." Well, you should have jumped in. You're the technical guy. What do you? You're the one with the headphones on, looking like you're Eminem over there. Uh, <laughs> the guy right above me also has headphones on. Um, anyways, oh, yeah, let's, I, I let's get to the, uh, the, the, the poll at this point. Okay. Uh, binge watch TV and CHGO sports is winning mm -hmm. at 50%. Uh, then, uh, 21% booze or hot beverages, 20% for binge eating and 9% the dairy queen option. So only 9%. That is, that is a bit surprising. I started the, um, New Jack Ryan season with Jim Krasinski or Jack, what, what is, what's his John, name? John, John, John Jim from the office. But Jim from the office. Right. I, episode one was very and good. Bunk. So don't I forget might be Bunk from that. The Wire. You got to watch that show? No, uh, but don't forget The Bunk from The Wire is is, is his buddy in uh, in that show. I, I restarted. Saw, saw trailer. I, I restarted How I Met Your Mother last night. Mm. That seems it's like that's going to go poorly. That's too long. Well, the, I, I don't like, I don't like the, the very end of yeah. how i met your mother but it's yeah. one of the greatest greatest shows of my life i think the first few seasons you're in good shape but after that you just... yeah go. chris gerard 10 bucks i, mean, I can say the same oh. thing about the office too so happy holiday stay happy warm holiday. look forward to all the podcasts in 2023 happy new year thank you very well, thanks, much chris. chris thank you gerard that's very nice and by the way we're going to be here well first you'll have um brendan and Corey. will have another pod coming up for you tomorrow then uh, Cody and Ryan are back on the 26th. So, you know, we're not done for the new for the year just no, we're yet. Done. We're potting mm -hmm. right up until the finish. You know, we don't we don't get to be number three baseball podcasts in America this week at one point. Um, and and, by and take it. days off. Yeah, we don't, we don't take days off. We don't we don't holiday around here. Okay, we're coming for you, John Boy. We're coming. We're coming for you, John Boy. <laughs> but before we get out of here, there is one thing I have to I have to mention. Yes. I don't know if you, Stucky. I'm sure you might have seen the tweet. I tweeted this like video, but it was like a TikTok of this guy who's like talking about why Carlos Correa is going to be like injury prone for like his I, yeah, entire career. I started to play it, and I thought this is going to be ridiculous. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I Cody, Cody I just into some random person on Twitter just throwing out his break. I bought into something I saw on TikTok. Okay, all I'm saying is I was fifty fifty. I was like, this could be right. This could not be right. Let's cause some chaos. And I just and I was curious of what everyone else thought. And then some people that I don't like that are on Twitter decided to ratio me a little bit. And now I feel like a moron. So thank you to those people for making me feel that way. But I guess I, I the one thing I would guess I wish I would have done is just say that I really don't know if this is factual or not. But here, here you go. But I, I don't know anything about like how how players get hurt and shit like that. I'm not a math or science guy. What are you talking about? I think for what it's worth, unless unless you get ratioed at least once in your Twitter career, you're I don't know maybe you're. You're you're not doing it right. I, I feel like we all have to step in step in it at least one time. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah, 
For uh-huh. Cody, it's one time a week, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not getting, like, destroyed, like, you know, 10 likes, uh, 200 quote tweets, like, but, like, you know, there's there's been a few people that are like, I can't believe you fell for this. I'm like, I don't fucking know. I'm just, I'm just, a, I'm just a guy on Twitter, man. I'm just, I'm just a guy who talks in front of a microphone and, and that's it. I, I don't, I know nothing about this shit. So by the way, yeah, final yeah. thought on the, the next guest is that w- while you mentioned Nico Horner, I do have concerns about how Brendan Miller would handle that. Brendan is, is so pro Nico that I listen. I don't know how it would go. I don't know how awkward <laughs> it would get. I don't know how uncomfortable it would get. I, I don't know. <laughs> He said he tweeted I today. Extend Nico Horner. There's a chance he could get uncomfortable. <laughs> no, I. Yeah. But I feel like there's a missed opportunity here, though. For, you know, give Brendan and like Hendricks and just let them like nerd out on pitching for an hour. There you go. Um, yeah. And the an rest hour? of us would just just sit like and listen. Four hours. Yeah. Four hours. So a special episode, and we'll all yeah. just sit and listen, and just let those two guys, you know go back and forth it'd be great i'm trying to think of like who like you know brendan is pro very so pro nico and then you know Corey's pro john lester like that's their thing like i don't know what me and luke's thing is like there's no one player that i think that we are like would you know get to that level you know what i mean like i just like them all any, equally, any current cub is exciting to have right like <laughs> yeah. current, right yeah. current former cubs are fun to have they're just fun people to talk to Right. And I think, however, uh, if Tony Campana comes on this podcast, I, right, that man. might be the one. That Tony might be the one for well, me. You won't even be able to see him. He'll go so fast across the screen and be like, "There goes Tony Campana." <laughs> I didn't even know he was there. Who was that? Was that the Flash? No, it was Tony Campana stealing Tony home. Tony Campana. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks to everybody that joined uh, for the Ian Hap podcast here, the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Thank you to Ian Happ again on Twitter at IHAP underscore one. Connect Roasters, all of those things he does. We appreciate him and his time, and we appreciate you in the chat. Until then, which will be the next time, fly the W.